What's going on, guys? It's been a while since I've done something like this where I have a guest on the show. Usually it's me talking by myself <laughs> on, on my phone at work because I'll have something in my mind to say and share it, whatever. Uh, or if I'm experimenting or experiencing something during meditation, I'll share that. But here we have a guest to share his own experience. Um, he had a, a recent psychedelic experience with the toad, as it's called. Mike Tyson has has done this thing. I, I don't I've I don't even remember him talking about this, but apparently he's talked he talked about this on the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, there's a quote here. I'm a, I came across this thing called the toad. I smoked this medicine drug, whatever you want to call it, and I've never been the same. Um, I look at life differently. I look at people differently. It's almost like dying and being reborn. It's inconceivable. I try to explain it to some people to my wife. I don't have the words to explain it. It's almost like you're dying. You're submissive. You're humble. You're vulnerable. But you're invincible still and all. Um, I, too, have had a similar experience not using 5-MeO-DMT or the toad. But, hey, man, it's all pathways, all different ways of seeing what the forest is all about. <laughs> the forest of the mind, that is. The garden that I like to call. Um, so... Uh, we talk a little bit about uh, martial arts, of course. We talk about training. We talk about how, you know, the ego gets in the way, you know, of training and the different various ways that we look at spirituality and how we connect it with martial arts and everything that we are. Uh, me and Al have uh, become aware of who we are in a deeper sense rather than just who we are in our bodies, so to speak. These bodies are uh, a vessel, as they say. But uh, overall, this conversation is great. It gets intense. I'm warning you. Uh, he talks about his experience of uh, his DMT trip with the toad. So uh, keep that in mind. It may get a little weird to you. If you don't like it, then hey, it is what it is. He is very vulnerable in this episode, so... Without further ado, I welcome you all to Al. I'm here with my training partner slash good friend, good soul friend, uh, Al. Uh, he to I only know him as a martial artist. But if you want to introduce yourself as anything else, feel free. Well, uh, professionally, what I do for a living is I've been in the real estate business approximately 35 years. Uh, married to my beautiful wife, Betty. And I have two children. Uh, one is 13, which you know my son, Gabriel. Uh, and he's been training martial arts, specifically mainly jujitsu since he was about six or seven years old and he's 13. He's amazing an athlete. And my daughter, uh, Isabella, and she's, like I said, 17 years old and she's in high school and I'm a dad. And also, um, I've been involved in martial arts since I was 11 years old and I'm 52 years old. And, um, I love everything and everything and all things about martial arts. 
and philosophy of martial arts, the spirituality side of it also, although it doesn't have a denomination, you know, like believe this or don't believe that, it's still, uh, for me, a very important part of martial arts, which, to be honest with you, I think has really been missing. You know, I think that, um, you know, sometimes martial arts can be used as a thing for fighting and for self-defense, but it also can be a thing whereby you can really heal yourself and you can deal with your own fear and anxiety around um, being close to people, for example, in proximity to people, uh, being in communities, uh, teamwork, uh, different things like that. Right. I, I saw a meme <laughs> Uh, from one of the jujitsu pages I follow on Instagram, it said, uh, martial arts is not therapy. Uh, what is your, what do you think about that? Do you think martial arts is a therapy or do you think it's not? So the way I'll answer this question is the way I like to answer a lot of questions because, you know, I used to be someone that uh, would debate you about anything and everything. And so I, I, you know, I really paid some dear prices for, for that because there's really no such thing as winning a debate, right? Because mm-hmm. that, that lives in the world of you know, winners and losers. And I think that um, what I'm getting really clear on at this point in my life is that that's getting the world to the place of where it is now, which is nowhere near better than it used to be. Actually far worse. If you now include the amplification of social media, that also lives in the world a lot of times of right and wrong. So um, martial arts can be therapy. Can be. (laughs) Absolutely. Was it therapy for you? Ah, Well, you know, being in it as long as I've been in it, um, I've had my ups and I've had my downs with it. I've had my struggles and looking back on it now, um, whenever I came to a training session with my ego, whenever I came to a training session or a sparring session or a role with my ego and there was force involved, Right. Um, I didn't I didn't get anything from it other than like it building up like a lot of energy that it wasn't as productive. It was always better when I would check my ego at the door, take a couple deep breaths before I went on the mat and went on the mat with the right attitude. And, you know, I'm guilty of not always doing that. Mm. You know? And, you know, even on the mat, like I paid some, some dear prices with people as, as far as, you know, sometimes uh, training sessions would get too physical. Mm. And, you know, you're going to hit me Well, I'm going to hit you back harder. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. and, and, um, 
you know, there was violence there. Mm-hmm. You know, of course. And I've, I've been on the business end of some of that violence and it was ugly. And these are with people that, you know, I love that are my friends that hurt me. And I can say that I probably hurt people too, that I didn't mean to hurt because maybe I was, you know, having a bad day and they hit me in a way that I thought was inappropriate and I retaliated. You know, I, I lost some control. Hmm. And, you know, it's one of the, everybody likes to pretend, you know, we do this pretending stuff where everybody pretends like, oh, that's never going to happen. That'll never be me. Well, it can be any of us. Right. Can, right. So you put in that position, then you face the truth of and who you. That's the, the real test isn't the amount of skill necessarily that you have on the mat. Sometimes the real skill is the restraint that you can show just because you can doesn't mean you should. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had my fair share of, uh, egomaniac problems that I had to understand. It wasn't serious thing. It wasn't serious things, but it was more like, uh, uh, the ego against myself, like, you know, the fight against me. Yeah, it's always that. Yeah. It, it, so the difference of the fight against me is when I first started martial arts was, oh, you need to do better. You need to improve. Like you suck, blah, blah, blah. You're a spaz, white belt, you know, the white belt stage stuff. Like where you, you oh, you're not retaining this information, blah, blah, blah. Beating myself down a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of that going on until I realized, bro, <laughs> you're just learning, man. Just, just keep showing up and you'll just gradually understand. And, and that still to this day, I still, it's not, I have a different relationship. Uh, you got a question? I'm sorry, you got to say something. No, it's, it, but it's really what you just said demonstrates right. martial arts is a therapy because mm-hmm. you had to stop, mm. take a breath, talk to yourself, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. <laughs> bring yourself back to center. Yep. And like, you know, self-correct. Mm. So there was no therapist. Right. There was just you on a mat, I suppose. And you said, okay, well, this happened. Who am I going to be in the moment? Get present. Recommit. Right. There's something I learned with, uh, I think her name is Seminary. Uh, Jaya Sara is a YouTube channel I've been mentioning a lot recently and uh, it was one video I, I listened to a lot of her stuff so it's like guided meditations and it's from the masters like the text what they wrote what they left behind for us to uh, dabble in and uh, understand ourselves in a, in, a, in a different light like who we really are beyond what we see physically really yeah <laughs> um, a non-psychedelic a non it's just the ancient practice of just sitting down and being with who you really are um but yeah the 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 one it was a it was such a beautiful uh phrase it said everybody's a guru and when i once i heard that i'm like yes because i've been thinking that like with my wife being sort of my guru my 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 kids being my guru uh you like i don't i'm not saying guru in this in, in the aspect oh my god pay, praise the gurus no it's not like that it's more like a 
I'm learning from everybody. Like I'm learning from you. I'm learning from my, from whoever I interact with. He's one of my teachers. Uh, yeah, there you go. Another guru right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that reminds me of a koan. There's uh, another, that's another form of practice. And uh, that you just brought the dog up. My dog is right next to me too. Um, I forget what it is, but is, is, uh, is the, is, is a dog Buddha or does a dog contain Buddha or something like that? Um, and yes. yeah, <laughs> cause we all are Buddhas. Uh, and most of us don't know that we're pretending not to be blah, 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 but yeah. martial arts. When I, when I, you know, today, yesterday, when going to class and, um, talking to a white belt, helping him through, you know, showing him the ropes of this is like third day. And then uh, I had him in a rear naked choke. You know, I was, I wasn't going too hard. I was just showing him what it's like to, you know, get choked from behind or whatever. And I had, I had him in the, he was on his stomach on the ground flat. And then I had the choke in, but I wasn't fully locked. Uh, and I was, I was like, can you breathe? And because he was tapping, I was like, can you breathe? I was just making sure he was fine. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. But he, he was just, his anxiety was just like, you know, his nervousness. And, um, and I said, you don't have to tap if you don't want to. And I said that like just instinctively, but <laughs> the black belt was in front of me, Jared. And he was like, or you can just tap anytime you want. You, this is your third day here. And I said, you're right. He's right. And my ego went off after that i was from there it was the the on the way back home drive my ego was just like why did you say that why did you say this to this white belt and why did like it was just like me fighting against myself and then i reminded myself sorry that this should be off um i had to remind myself several times that this is this is the guru this is what the experience is you experience that so that you can learn from that what is that you know what i mean um I don't know if that makes sense, but basically that is one day out of many days of training. And I'm pretty sure you got 41 years of martial arts that you've learned conversation with my son. So yeah. Yeah. Here he comes. Come here, Gabe. Come here. Slide over. So I'll give you the headphone. It's uh, Will. So I had an interesting conversation, you know, with my son. This is Gabriel. Hey, Gabriel. And I asked Gabriel, um, we we're having a conversation about uh, there's fighters and there's martial artists. Mm. And I asked, um, is Conor McGregor <laughs> a skillful fighter or is he a martial artist? And your response was what? He's a fighter. He's a fighter. Hmm. Got it. So he's a fighter that knows martial arts. Right. But being a martial artist is a is a way of being. Right. And it's about and also um, let me say something else. He's not only I mean he's a great fighter. No no one doubts that. He's also an entertainer. I was gonna say that, yeah. Tremendous. Like he's so much fun to watch. Right. You know, and here's the other thing, right? I'm not making Conor McGregor wrong. I think mm. he's incredible, right? But the things that people don't like about him is cockiness, arrogance. Absolutely nothing. 
right? <laughs> yeah. It's funny too, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, those, those are things that we don't like about ourselves. Right? Say that again. The, the things that you see about Conor McGregor that you don't like, mm-hmm. that's what you don't like about yourself. Can you explain why? Like, like uh... We're going to get into a metaphysical conversation. This yeah. Kind of even exists. Right, right. Of our imagination. You right. Exist. Am I you or you me? Mm-hmm. Like the, that separates us, you know, in life is our egos. And then uh, our identities. Well, mm. I'm not Will. I'm Al, and I'm not Gabe. But Gabe is Gabe, and da da da. And we have this debate, and that all lives in the world of right and wrong. You know, it lives in the world of ego. It lives in the world of is it good? Is it bad? Am I right? Are you wrong? It, you know that all that world of it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And right. And so, um, so. A martial artist is someone for me, right? And based on however many years I've been training, it is someone that's that has a lot of humility and love and understands that like high level martial arts is really about like an expression of love. It just happens to be a very dangerous one as well. <laughs> it's a high level game it's 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 high level kinetic chess you know and it's it's all an expression of intelligence and and love and divinity you know um it's at the highest level there is no jujitsu at the highest level there is no kung fu because that's the thing that lives beyond words is just an expression of something that we do mm. you know it's a it's a dance it's mm. a unchoreographed it's non-choreographed there's no choreography to it it's just the thing that we do that we move that we breathe for example uh you know when we train saturday you and i right right what was that like so first we grapple and then we did some, some movement, some Thai boxing movement, if you want to call it that. Hmm. Whatever it was. Were we doing jujitsu? I guess so, if you want to call it that. But what was the experience like, us training together? For you. Oh, for me, uh, it's any moment I train with any other being when it comes to martial arts is, uh, it's like. I don't know how else to explain it other than me sitting by myself uh, with my eyes closed. It's the same thing to me. It's, it's a connection. It's, it's like you said, love, but it's a, it's not just the love and hate and you know, that, that realm is, it's deeper than love itself. It's the uh, like Alan Watts, you know, Alan Watts, uh, I, I listen to him a lot. He, he, he always mentions the meditation bowl. And every time he, he said, life is, Ding. vibration vibration so that's what that was to me it was a thing it was just an experience that i got to feel in that moment being present especially when i was having disputes with myself because <laughs> i was trying to tell i was trying to i was fine in the morning 
And then as soon as this is the I'm being honest here, this is what happens when I interact with another being that instructs me uh, personally on a, a tell when they point something that I'm doing wrong or whatever, whatever the case may be, you know, not right, wrong, but you get what I'm saying to improve my technique. Uh, I get I'm wrong. <laughs> it's like, fuck, I've been training this la 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 la. And then I'm starting at, oh, it's time to start again. It's time to reset. And it's just like sitting down and unlearning what you have learned, basically, to focus on what this individual is speaking on. And then when way, I don't have a way of expressing what you said using my terminology, it's not mm. my. No, yeah. Look at things. Is every time you come to an interaction, whether it's with an it's with your instructor. Or with a fellow student, regardless of rank, or just when you try to have a conversation with another human being, um, the highest level of conversation is always started when you bring nothing mm -hmm. to the conversation. Because inside of the space of nothing, what can you create? Mm -hmm. What can you create from nothing? The question. What do you think you can create from nothing in a conversation? I mean, everything, anything. Anything and everything, right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at it from that perspective, also, you know, I happen to think and believe, correct me, you can disagree with me, the highest level expression of human being is creativity. Yeah. We think of, um, you know, James Brown. We think of Stevie Wonder. We think of um, Michael Jackson. We think of Prince. We think of uh, Monet. We think of uh, Van Gogh. I was watching um, Tango Dancer last night. His name is Juan Carlos Copa. He's a friend of my father's uh, when they were teenagers. And he's considered the grandmaster dancer of Argentine tango. And when he moves, he moves with economy and elegance and beauty and slow. And it's methodical, gorgeous, hmm. gorgeous. And it's spiritual. Right. It's like spiritual, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And I see that. And, and all of that, just all the movement um, inspires me. And, and I love it. Or Grace, like, you know, Grace comes in, uh, Grace Gundrum, right? Have you trained with her? I've never trained with Grace. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, she comes to the school at Zombie where we train. Hmm. And she's, I think she's 18 or something. Yeah. And I'm watching her roll on the mat and I'm going, that's, <laughs> you wonder, that's Michael Jackson right there. <laughs> and Gabe got an opportunity to train with her. And I said, hey, what, what was that like? He goes, dad, it was like quicksand. Just getting sucked into the energy field, and I and I couldn't do anything. It was gentle, though, you know, gentle. Mm. And that's amazing. The part. You mind if I ask him, uh, Gabe, yeah. if you mind sharing your personal experience with rolling with someone like uh, Grace or anybody, like whoever you may decide to pick. Hmm? Or anybody else, whoever you may, like someone that comes to mind that you roll with, you were just like, you know, 
share your experience if you don't mind. Yeah, um, probably like Phil. Oh, wow. Phil, Phil McLaurie's? Yeah. He's okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Balance. It's going a little crazy. It was like almost like quicksand, and it's almost like they're like there, but not there. They're not there. Say that, say that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> said it's like quicksand, you're there, and then you're not there. No, yeah. they're not there. Either. Yeah, okay. They're not there. They, they just warped you into a time, uh, what do you call it? A, a, a teleportation device or something. You're gone. <laughs> not quite. It's like, yeah. it's like a ghost. Right. That's how I describe it. I huh. describe it quicksand. Interesting. And there is no force. Right. And Phil also is a high-level yogi. Yeah. When he was a teenager, he went to India and lived in an ashram and studied yoga and Indian wrestling. Hmm. And I remember when he came back, he came back with uh, like a strain of like um, ringworm, not on purpose, obviously, and gave it all of us it took me months to get rid of it i was like this is the nastiest ringworm it was like some super strength level ringworm hmm. and um yeah like those guys are i think he's a seventh degree black belt now i think his brother phil is um fifth degree yeah and, you know those those guys are examples to me of black belts on the mat and also like black belts in life Right. Just because you have a black belt, that just means you've got a black belt. But a black belt as a human being is far more important than a black belt on a jiu-jitsu mat. Right. For me. No, I agree. Like, uh, I, I, it's funny because I started to get into, when I got, I was trying to get out of the belt system thing, like to get that out of my head because I, I didn't want to think about, Oh, I want to be a blue belt because it became blue belt. Oh, I want to be a pro belt. Then I'll be, a, I don't, I just try to roll with it now. Like it's something I got past in my white belt stages, but uh, I was bringing that to my meditation. <laughs> like I was like, Oh, I'm, I feel like I'm a brown belt now. Now I understand myself more. And then I'm like, stop, <laughs> you're doing this ego thing where you're, you're trying to create uh, a belt system for something that's not even there. It's non-existent. So um, yeah, I agree. To like, be a black belt, but yeah, go ahead. We try to also make our egos wrong too. Hmm. That's another way of kind of growing your ego in a way too. Yeah. Like, you're also judging other people for having egos. So everybody's got one. Yeah. And it's a matter of like understanding when you're in your ego as opposed to when you're like just being really, really present and really being still. Yeah. That comes with time. It's not a thing you can rush. Mm -hmm. It's just happen if you're if you have a commitment to that. I remember I asked because I heard I think from Alan Watts or someone in Buddhism they said that the ego doesn't exist. And I was like, what? How does the ego not exist? And uh, you know, I found out later eventually it doesn't exist. It's just it takes time. You just well, no, but it's a construct, right? Right. It's something that you made up, right? Right. And you, well, when I say you, I mean all of us. I know what you mean. Yeah. 
but you speak up our egos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to survive. And that's not wrong or bad. Like you got, you have to survive. Mm-hmm. The problem though becomes in life when um, all you do is live through your ego, which is just a survival tactic. And so like, you know, even when you accomplish things, like let's say you buy the car of your dreams, you know, that, that only might be an extension of your ego and your identity. And so then that just becomes another thing and, and a novelty. And you, you get sick of it very quickly. And then it becomes another thing and another thing and another thing. And, you know, you start to believe that you are your things, that you are your house, that you are your relationships, that you are a father, that you are your body, right? Mm. All these things. All the clinging. Mm-hmm. It's all the attachment we have to this world. And it's not bad or wrong either. Like, I like nice things. Mm. I know that I'm not those things either. Mm. That, yes, I have a body, but I'm not my body. And that you know, I'm just part of everything. Right. Everything is me and I am nothing and yet I'm everything and I'm no one but everyone. Right. That's living from awareness of awareness. You know what I mean? Shit, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gabe, do you understand any of that? Do you are you are you a, a practitioner at all in, in, in anything and the spiritual arts or whatever you want to look at it as like spiritual are you um, like spiritual like do you like like incense like totally <laughs> do you do tarot i do tarot god <laughs> 21 faces of like god <laughs> oh man um yeah i was gonna ask you uh like how, uh, Gabe? Serious question though. Do you, you know, your father is into all this stuff. Are you into it as well, or are you just like, that's my dad, and I love him, but I'm just gonna do me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I was always like, kind of like, always like wanting to do things, um, that were sort of in that spiritual realm. Like, uh, what's that tank called? Oh, yeah. So he's done a sensory deprivation tank a couple Oh, times. man. I've been wanting to do that. Oh, come to Philly. Um, we... They have one up here, too. Okay. Yeah. 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 I just Maybe. I just got to bring my ass in, in a sensory he tank said, already. He said, I want to do a sensory. No, he said to me first, Dad, I want to learn to meditate. Mm. But I have a good hack for you. And he said, what's that? Right. And speaking of Phil, when we were walking to the med- to the sensory deprivation tank i'm sorry no it's we were in there already and we left but i had left him a message right and i said hey you know phil gabe wants to learn about meditation what do you think i should do and he never called me back because he's super busy mm-hmm. when we were leaving the place he goes what are you doing around here i said we just left the uh the sensory deprivation tank and he goes oh okay oh i got your message and and uh he goes to answer your question do jujitsu mm-hmm. yeah right mm-hmm. it's like i go what, what do you mean he goes like jujitsu can be 
like a moving meditation. Oh, yeah. That's awesome that he knows. I'm sorry. I'm just surprised that I, I don't know why I'm surprised, but surprised I, I never had a conversation with Phil about okay. this stuff. I always wanted to talk to Phil because I knew he's a yogi and uh, I've been I've been doing I'm a yogi myself uh, 10 years, but uh, he's, you know, high level, <laughs> you know, doing his own thing. But I never knew he was into meditation and all that. So he studied with this really famous yoga teacher from New York City mm. who was Madonna's yoga instructor. And I remember he was like he was like Dave's age, like 12, 13 years old, when he started doing yoga and jujitsu. And um, it was because he was in a horrible car accident. And his body was like really, really messed up. And he fixed it through doing yoga. And then he went to live in India. Yeah. Yeah. That's a crazy story. He has a, he has that story on a on a on a video. I could share yeah. down the link or whatever. But uh yeah, man. Uh so about that sensory tank, like how was that experience, Gabe? Like you you wanted to learn how to meditate, and then Phil suggested you know, going to jujitsu, I learned that myself, breathing uh, in jujitsu, closing my eyes and feeling the emotions and like, holy shit, just, it brought me to a whole different experience of being uh, uh, with someone else trying to strangle me, but me being a part of it, like a dance. Like, it's like a dance. Yeah. Weren't we dancing Saturday? Yeah. yeah. I was interrupting myself in a dance, kept stepping on my own foot, but it was still... You said when I, I I put you in my guard, right? And you yeah. said you look like a snake. Yep. <laughs> you were t- you were like locked on. I was like, I'm dying. I'm a frog right now. And you like you felt like a like a like a mouse being hugged. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And it's used. Uh, wasn't using any strength. No, I know, I know. It's just that's how good your jujitsu is. Like when you have that, that when I feel that, I know someone knows what the you know what they're doing. I'm trying not to curse and I'm and it's just uh that right there was just intense. Like every time I go with someone it, like you are a different level with uh you know Josh, right? Josh Vogel. Oh yeah. He, he is different. Like I can't explain his level of jujitsu, but it's a different animal. He calls himself a sloth. And I guess that is a good example of what he is because as much as I think I'm gonna go past this slow sloth guy he has me under his control. I'm like, what? that's amazing. But uh, yeah, continue my fault. You, we were talking about uh, uh, Phil talking about jujitsu being a meditation. Mm-hmm. Well, look, even walking, you can do walking as a meditation. Right. You can do uh, bicycling, bicycling as a meditation. Right. Running yep. as a meditation. Um, you could just sleeping can be a meditation. Yep. And a meditation is an expression of breathing, relaxing, being kind to yourself. Um, breathing, what is that? Breathing in fear, blowing out love, mm. acceptance, and forgiveness. And, um, or, you know, you could just be a guy that really learns how to fight and be a very, very dangerous, dangerous person um, for really no good reason. Right. 
maybe you might get in a fight. Maybe you might, maybe you're a bouncer. I don't know. Yeah. And, and that's not bad or wrong either. You know, it's just, um, if that's your only reason for, for doing the martial arts, you're kind of missing, I think, the bigger and broader picture and the possibility of what martial arts creates for people in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, and competition, right? Game competes all the time. I competed when I was younger, went to the world, you know, I mean, incredible experience. And what I had to put myself through and what Gabe has to put himself through to get yourself mentally and physically and spiritually into that place, you know, because competing on any level at anything, at a high level especially, is very intense. Yeah. You know, of course. Very intense. Mm -hmm. I always tell Gabe, you know, you're either winning or you're learning. And you learn always learn a lot more from the losses you take. And that's for everything in life because that's the breakdown. When you lose, that's your breakdown, you know? And you can't have breakthroughs without first having breakdowns, you know? And that's for everything in life. So that's just a metaphor for what everybody on this earth goes through. Speaking of, um, I don't want to get lost in this. Uh, the, the, I'm going to ask you this question, but I want to go back to um, the sensory... Uh, Yes. Tank, whatever. Cause I, I been like I said, I just love that topic. But uh this question I had in mind was um sorry, what were you you were I just lost it. <laughs> what were you just talking about? Oh, the metaphor. Okay. So we were I think we yeah, we were training, we we're dancing, we were doing the thing. I remember you were I was walking with you, just keeping my distance and following you, just keeping my eyes on your eyes and locking on and letting my body go in the dance. Uh, but you said, I forget exact word, but you said, uh, relax. You know, this is a metaphor. And I was like, yeah. fuck. <laughs> well, uh, so you mind explaining? I, I understood it in my own way. But I, if you don't mind explaining, I what did you that, mean by that? So that people listening, it. watching, understand it. So I said that. But what did you hear? What I heard <laughs> I heard an experience, man. I heard the same thing I'm just mentioning. Gone. That's what I'm talking. It's it's an expression. It's a metaphor, mm -hmm. and how that landed for you mm -hmm. listening was, oh, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. It's a frequency, which is, which is a frequency. Arguably, it's a vibration. Mm -hmm. okay. I don't know. It's whatever you say it is. Mm. So if you got the communication, that's what's important. Right. How, you know, how you integrate whatever it is that was said. Like a friend of mine that's very high level, she's my coach in something not related to martial arts. But it is related, but it's not related. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, she's, she's, my, she's one of my life coaches. We'll call her that. Mm -hmm. mentors yeah i don't know coach teacher titles guru who knows <laughs> yeah titles who knows right yeah and some someone i love 
dearly, dearly. Um, she said something to me in English, but it was like so profound and so loving. And it's how she sees me. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we you... all have this doubt, or some part of us has like low self-esteem, or you know, am I doing it right? Like all these conversations happening around how small we are. Does that make sense? Yes. Like our smallness, and something she said and how she sees me blew me away. I was like, what? what? Huh? Me? Me? No, nah, not me. You got the wrong guy. She's like, no. That's you to me. And she created me in her listening. And I had to like sit with it and be like, I'm not worthy. You know, that kind of conversation. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, it really made me really start to ponder, right? What would happen if that is over there? What would start to happen in the world? In the world collectively. Well, let's not let's forget the world. How about this? How about if what would happen if in our relationships with our mother, our father, our wife, our children, if we started to talk to them? and listen to them from their greatness, from their collective I am that we all are. What if like we started the day and finished the day listening to them and talking to them from that place? And then, our, and then you, you go take that out a little further into your extended family, your cousins, your uncles, your aunts. And then you extend that out a little further into, you know, your communities. And then you extend that out to your jiu-jitsu schools and your Muay Thai schools. And you give up making people wrong. You know, what if the Jew did that to the Muslim? What if the Muslim did that to the Jew? What if the Christian did that to the Catholic and the Catholic did that to the, you follow where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. Like we all just said, you know what? I give up, I give up, I give up the right to ever judge you. I give up the right to ever make you wrong. What would happen? What do you think? How do you think the world might show up? Um, you giving up the right, or me giving up the you know the right for everyone to be wrong. That's what you're saying. You're asking me what do I think? Yes, sir. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm asking you to speculate. Okay, speculate. You. I say I don't know because um, based on my awareness, understanding of yang and yang, 
energies, um, all of us that exist together, the mind, us not being the mind, you know, we're, we are the mind, but we're not the mind. You know what I mean? What do you mean by mind? Mind. What is this? What are we doing? You, okay. Body? Okay. Consciousness. I'll say consciousness. Consciousness is a stream that reaches the body, right? We're like radio receivers. Our brain receives the information. Uh, you hear me. I hear you. We are hearing words <laughs> that that we know as English, but all it is is wiggles, like you know, Alan Watts mentions. This is a bunch of you know what I mean. We just made it so that we can understand it and express ourselves in a way, right? Uh, now, if I imagine and just give give up on stop thinking about anything, right? Just people being wrong, people being right, whatever. That just goes center to the heart of awareness. That's, you know, center of heart awareness. It's just you being nothing, being everything, everything, right? So right. there's just, I said in, inside of what if we approached every conversation and instead of bringing judgment to that conversation, instead of bringing opinions, right? instead of bringing uh, or trying to defend ourselves or trying to protect ourselves mm -hmm. what if we bought nothing mm -hmm. can you see a world that can do that can you can you open up your eyes and see a world doing that? everyone bringing uh, the same level of attention that we do so, so you know how do you become a black belt? By showing up. And, and start wearing a black belt? Or is that something you have to earn? You earn it. How do you earn it? There's not uh, one. How do you earn it? Developing the skill, the understanding, yeah. the language, yeah. you know, technique. Like, it's like a language, right? And, and mm -hmm. it's, it's not just any language. It's a, it's a skill. Yeah. Right. It's like geometry to me. <laughs> there's, there's, the, there's that place where you learn a skill and you practice that skill. And then what starts to integrate, you start to integrate that skill. And then there is no skill. There's just you. And then there's just no you. Mm -hmm. That's the high level stuff of anything that's a conversation around mastery. Right. And mm -hmm. so you just don't, you ask me a question, right? So I'll, I'll answer it another way too. Plenty of people every day fall in love and they want to get married. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And they love each other. I mean, you could tell they love each other. You revisit them a couple years later and they're not showing up like they're in love anymore. Is it because they don't love each other? No. It's because if love were enough, everybody would be happy. Everybody would be married. Everybody would be getting along. But that's, I think that's false. I think it, um, you need skill with love. Hmm. You need skill. 
and you also need teamwork, you need community. Like we all have to be working together towards a commonality, right? Like you walk into a jiu-jitsu school, everybody's learning jiu-jitsu. You don't have one guy over here doing Tai Chi. You don't have another guy over here doing Taekwondo, right? It's a jiu-jitsu school. You're there to get better at jiu-jitsu, the general art. And again, labels, right? It's mm. not jiu-jitsu because at the highest levels, that doesn't even exist anyway. That's just a figment of our imagination. Right. At the highest levels, all the masters, whatever style it happens to be, there's this universal commonality to it and they all understand and they all respect each other. Same church, different pew. Hmm. At the highest levels of religion, like this, there's this whole pretense. Well, my, my religion is the right one. Yours is the wrong one. Blah, blah, blah. But then over time, the people that are like the super high level, they're like, you know what? I know that God loves you as much as he loves me. And we're just pretending. <laughs> right. You might disagree on this and that, but uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it's quite interesting when you become aware of these things and then you see it before you and then you hear uh, thoughts that are patterns that accumulated throughout your years of birth, you know? Uh, like judgment, you know, that's something that comes to mind when someone you disagree with or dislike or whatever. Uh, like that example I shared when uh, I was at the guy in a choking position, but I wasn't choking him too hard. You know, my mind or the brain went into a, a defensive mechanism uh, oh. because someone disagreed with my comment that came out of my mouth. <laughs> and it was like, felt made wrong. What's up? You felt made wrong. Yes, I felt made wrong. So I felt I had to put my guard up. Wait, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, that's, that's a skill over where you're at. So there's two parts to that, right? There's the skill of the teacher saying it in such a way whereby the student doesn't feel made wrong. Mm. And so there's a responsibility and accountability around that. And there's the other side of that, which is the student has to check his ego at the door and listen from a place of, I'm not wrong. He's just saying what he's saying. And I have to do what he tells me to do. And I have to submit and surrender to that teacher. So there's a like a trust conversation mm -hmm. that you, know, that, you have to that, have with the teacher. Yep. That's exactly what happened. I had, I had to, the blue belt was a reminder. Oh yeah, I'm a blue belt. Shh, be quiet. Silence you know, your mind. <laughs> Grandmaster Elio Gracie um, used to wear a blue belt. He was a coral belt, but when he trained, he was a blue belt. That's mm -hmm. what he wore. And you can ask Phil and Ricky about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so how do you bring for for others other beings yeah um, i'm trying to ask this question without me saying okay uh so how do okay in your perspective how do you bring spirituality into martial arts for other beings to understand that if that makes sense that i don't know if that question is formed correctly 
So what I'm asking is, how do you mention to other beings that, hey, man, you know that spirituality is a part of martial arts, right? You know, without seeming like you're forcing something that spiritual. You say yeah. what? Right. Look, you know, um, I, you know, it's it's a good question. It's it's kind of um, it's very thoughtful actually. Um, you know, it's either you're listening or you're not listening, and you're being with that person, or you're not, and you're listening from your being, or you're not, and it's not about bringing it to martial arts. It's not about bringing it to baseball you know you know you know it, it's just about who you are in that moment um and you know your skill around and your presence around and your being around you know that interaction that moment and that's all there is mm -hmm. you know in reality it's not thursday it's not Friday, mm -hmm. it's not, you know, six o'clock. Mm -hmm. Reality, it's always the ever present, present moment. Mm -hmm. Here and now. Mm -hmm. Everything else is just stories that, you know, and I mean, it's not wrong because, like, you need to, if you have an appointment for five o'clock on Tuesday, you need that calendar and we need to know when that appointment's for, right? Right. So in the world of like this world here, yes. But in reality, it's always now. Right. Got to mention that time and uh, measurement. That's all it is. You know, it's pen and ruler, whatever, compass. It's all measurement so that we can organize. <laughs> organized chaos well math is spiritual correct yes yeah everything's spiritual i was just asking just you know making your perspective <laughs> <laughs> what'd you say no, i'm not good at math but <laughs> but there's other people that are yeah i'm trying to uh, uh, that's what i was doing before you called me i was uh in my uh algebra zone because i'm trying to get back into that Oh. And, and uh, I was so focused that and when you called me, I was like, oh, I have to do that today. Do this. I was like, oh, <laughs> Are you doing I, huh? You're doing algebra. Yeah, I'm studying algebra because I'm, I'm I want to take uh, I'm trying to be an electrician, just, oh. switching gears to do something else okay. in my career. Oh, so yeah. I, I got to study. I got to get back on my algebra and, you know, see what yeah. happens. So um. So did you have any other questions about any other communities or anything? Uh, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the um, deprivation tank, sensory so deprivation. You, want, you asked Gabe what his experience was? And you wanted to yeah, about. share both of your experiences, whatever, because I'm, I'm always fascinated by that. Gabe, you want to go first? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really like, well, after, it's like an after experience for me. Um, when you're in, first you're in the tank, you have to like, almost like, 
get used to because it's like uncomfortable when you're in there. Like claustrophobic. The yeah, kind of. If you're claustrophobic, it's not really Yeah. Um, but you really have to like get used to it. Because like you float and it's almost like you're like thinking, oh, where am I going to end up? Like, just, like you just have to close your eyes and stay calm because if you freak out, it's just a mess. Um, but Gabe, can you speak up a little bit? It's hard to hear you. Um, and thank you. Like, it's really just like your only thing that you can do is just yourself and your mind. That's all you can do, and it's really calming. And like when you just get out of it, it's like your body feels great. That little voice in your head is like not really there anymore. It's almost like. You feel refreshed. It's very refreshing when you're done. Um, but it's it kind of like helps you clear your mind. Like I kind of did it for the purpose of like maybe like the school is having like a little trouble. Yeah. And it kind of like really helped me focus more and mm-hmm. helped me really. Yeah. Just could just, you, could you elaborate on school? What do you mean school? Well, it, it was interfering. He was having some issues around reading. What is it? Reading. Reading. Okay. So it helped you focus on reading, like your attention on it. Huh. Interesting. So let me ask this question. Uh, in your opinion, Gabe, uh, and you too, if you, you could chime in too, Al. Um, do you feel like it's recommended for people who have uh, ADHD uh, or some kind of disorder or uh, anything that I'm being too broad here? Okay, let's start with ADHD. Do you, do you feel like someone with ADHD who's always, you know, has to give move, do you feel like it's recommended for them or they can enjoy that experience? Um, yeah, but it's probably might be like a little bit more harder for them because they're always like trying to be so, what's going to happen next? Right, Something right. Like they're always just gonna, they're just gonna be stuck in that one moment for like a while, hmm. and so, they're gonna be stuck with their mind and their thoughts. So that's really what they can do. Not really depend on their surroundings or something that's going on. And I and I know this is a very vague question to ask that because uh, I mean we don't know. I don't know if you know anybody that has ADHD. I was asking that because I know a few people that I'm thinking like, man, this person, this child could use this tank. It's going to be rough. They just need um, meditation to get them to that point. I'll, I'll answer your question like this. So you said meditation. I think the guy who invented the, the sensory deprivation tank technology was Dr. John Lilly. And I look it up. It's study. Uh, high-level yogis and people that meditated and would hook up electrodes to their brain. And I'm not sure they were, they were, uh, their brain waves came in at a very high state mm-hmm. and wanted to figure out, well, how do I, how can I get my brain to do that? Right. And so he thought, well, if I just remove my body, Right. Mm-hmm. What will happen is I can get to that state quicker. Right. right. And so 
it's 900 pounds of Epsom salt and you're floating there. Right. And what starts to happen is a disassociative feeling from your body. So your consciousness starts to be aware that it's aware and let, kind of let, let go of your body also. And, and that's very similar to, you know, uh, my recent experience using um, DMT and using uh, toad venom, which is 5-MeO uh, DMT, which is like the strongest form of DMT that exists naturally occurring on the planet. And I shared that experience. Yeah. That's... He wants to he wants to do it as his bar mitzvah in about a month. It was that your first and only experience that one time? Both of you. Yeah. No, no, he hasn't done it yet. Oh, oh you haven't done it yet. Oh no, no, no. I'm sorry. No, the sensory deprivation tank, the the isolation oh, tank. Twice. Twice. Okay. Yeah. Once he was really little. Yeah. I think he was like nine or eight. Yeah, but that's the, cool. Time I took him second time he asked me to take him. And that, he, he was wow. down for it. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a warrior. You know? Yeah. Cool, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> So I was gonna ask, like, how did he get into martial arts too? Like, you know, how did you, Gabe? If you don't, if you remember, like, what brought you into martial arts? My dad, um, but I've really done it like majority of my life, so because it just kept on going. Okay, I was just curious, like of that. For me, I ha- haven't gotten into martial arts until I was like twenty, twenty eight. I forget, but. Uh, I always wanted to do it since I was a kid, you know, and just watching kung fu films and oh, blah blah blah. Yeah, <laughs> and getting beat up a lot. Uh, that made me want to learn how to fight and try to be like Jackie Chan and defend myself against twelve dudes. <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, I mean, if I maybe if I learned some kung fu, I, it would have been different. But I didn't learn any kung fu, so I had to deal with it. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> in a turtle position to cover my face as much as possible <laughs> receiving all the blessings of the, of the kicks <laughs> uh man fun times um so the question going to the community thing like what uh are you a part of any community besides jiu-jitsu martial arts is there anything else uh, so, like on and off i've participated in adult um programs for that are focused on transformation and creating breakthroughs in people's lives um, through a company called Landmark Education. Mm. And uh, the method they use is um, Socratic method, right? And why do I know that? Well, Sorry. Socrates. Socrates, thank you. I was like, why? I, that's my boy. I, that's my philosophy. I love him. That's my boy, too. <laughs> I was like, Socratic. why? Why does that sound familiar? But Socratic method, I believe, uh, means that um, the way that the teacher teaches the students is by asking them the the correct question Mm -hmm. and then them come up with their own answer. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, uh, you know, there's guided meditation. Mm -hmm. It was like letting people sit there do nothing and just cross their legs you guide them to 
steps. Mm -hmm. Movement, right? And breathing. But, you know, landmark is just like conversational based. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's ontological. Ontology means the study of what it is to be a human being. And the first course is called the Landmark Forum. And I did it when I was about 18 years old. And, and I told you the story. My, my ex-girlfriend, uh, I was 18 and she was 22. And, uh, and this was before cell phones. Okay, so I'm really dating myself. Like 1988, something like that. And um, you know, I had a lot of stuff going on in my life. I'd already started a restaurant in Center City with, with my mother. Um, and my, my father had been murdered in a different restaurant in North Philly in the Badlands when I was 13 years old, like a age right here. And, um, you know, a lot of things happened after, after he died, like my grandfather dying, and, you know, family, a lot of family drama. And then I fell in love with this girl. She was amazing, she was beautiful, gorgeous. And she one day stopped talking to me. Completely out of nowhere, get to fight. Nothing that I could think of happened. And I did all this mental gymnastics around like, what the hell happened? And no matter how, I, how much I called her, wrote her letters, knocked on the door, Ghosted me. Wow. That was heart broken. Really broken. And all of a sudden, close to like a year later, fast forward, I'm sitting down studying for my real estate exam. Um, and I was living, I was actually homeless at the time. I was living in my friend's basement on like kind of like a moldy basement, moldy couch. But I was grateful that I had. I was sleeping in the streets. And um, the restaurant that I started with my mother, what, we were about to be evicted. So, like, we weren't doing too hot, you know. And, you know, she called me out of the blue, and the phone rang, and my friend's mom answered the phone, and she said, Al, it's Natalie. Natalie? What the hell is she calling about? That's weird picked up the phone. She said, hey, how are you? I'm like, good. Like, you're calling me like a year later. Like, really? She's like, yeah, about that. I was like, why did you just stop talking to me? She said, look, honestly, yeah, be honest with me. Well, you kind of had a lot going on and had a lot of negative points of view and you were a little angry and Look, you're 18 years old. I'm 22 years old. I'm only going to be 22 years old once in my life. I just want to have fun and energy. And I really want to be around. You know? And I was like, All right. wow, okay. And I'm like, well, so why are you calling me now? Tell me this. She's like, well, I'm asking for your forgiveness. I was wrong. The way I handled it, I should have handled it more responsibly instead of just cutting you out of my life. And I got quiet for a minute and I thought, you know what? She didn't have to call me. That's how it was. But I was kind of heartbroken. 
really disappointed. And I said, you know what? I respect what you just did. That took a lot of guts. You know, especially for a gorgeous 22-year-old girl. You have to do that, right? And I said, well, but why now, though? I'm trying to understand. She goes, well, I'm in this program called the Landmark Forum. And you learn that the things that you say, how it has an impact on people. Moreover, I thought to myself, even the things that you don't say, and I realize I failed to communicate with you effectively. And I, I want to really take full responsibility for that. I was like, so they teach you that kind of stuff in this place? And she said, that's what I learned. I can only speak for myself. And I said, okay, that's pretty cool. She goes, well, I heard I'm having a graduation party, right, Tuesday night. And she invited me. And it was in Philly, uh, like on Broad Street. You ever been to Philly? Yeah, I lived there. I grew up in Philly. Where? North Philly? Uh, yeah. Grew up in uh, the Ani slash Logan Valley area. Okay, so Broad, Broad and Callahan used to be across the street from the Philly building. And so I'm thinking, this is my way of getting my girlfriend back. Right? I had this agenda. And I had like a dozen roses, gorgeous roses. And as I walked in the building, all these people were like this. Like happy, like, like what the hell? What is this place? Excited. What the hell? This is Philly. You <laughs> love right. like this, not <laughs> my neighborhood, not where I'm from. You know what I'm saying, right? And all these people act like this. Mm-hmm. Hey, how you doing? Like, whoa, nah, whoa. nah, this is I'm not Philly. <laughs> what do you want from me? You get suspicious right away, right? Yeah, uh, trying to sell me something. Trying to sell me something, you're trying to convince me of something. You know, right away we get, you know, super defensive in the city of brotherly love. Anyway, so uh, there was probably 300, 400 people there. And back then, you know, you, you would get, they'd say, take a number, and whatever number you're on, that's the room you go into. So first, we're in a big room, and people went to the front of the room and, you know, well, the, the forum leader would say, is there any, anything anybody would like to share? So people were like coming to the front of the room. So I'm thinking, these are paid actors. Like this isn't real. Like this stuff is only stuff like on television, right? Because everyone spoke so eloquently and they were speaking in front of a room of like three or 400 people. And I'm like, normal human beings don't do that. Normal human beings keep to themselves, maybe talk to like a handful of people, let alone are excited. And when they're sharing, they're talking about like really powerful things. Like, you know, I haven't spoken to my brother in seven years, you know, and by doing this work, you know, I called my brother and I told him that I love him and that he means the world to me, and I'm sorry that I take full responsibility for our relationship and that he gives me nothing type of conversation, right? And I was like, is that real? But still, that wasn't my thing, like, as far as I could tell. I was like, yeah, that's them over there, and this is me over here. And we're different. We're, we're so different. Plus, I'm 18 years old. These are people that are older, have families, that have lived a life. And, you know, they, they have problems. You need to come to this place to 
You got problems. I don't got any problems. I'm not like you. Conversation going on in my head, right? Right. Then we go into the room. Um, there's someone leading an introduction, and he says something, and he shared about how his father had been murdered because his father, don't make sure the dogs don't work, was in a lot of gambling debt. His father was in a lot of gambling debt. I guess he owed the wrong people money and his father was murdered. And I was like, wait a minute. And then he said, you know, through doing this work, I was able to like get complete with my father. Right. And I was like, you can get complete with someone who's dead. Like, that sounds crazy to me. Like you can't talk to them. They can't talk back to you and all this stuff. Right. And, but I heard that and I was like, you know what? I could do something like that. Like, I, you know, I have like a lot of unresolved feelings around what happened to my father. You know, like I hated the world. I saw the world in such a dark place because of the murder of my father, you know, and like who could blame me, you know, who could right. blame me? And I was like really right about it. I was really justified in why I felt the way I felt. And I had all this evidence that the world sucked <laughs> and what my world kind of sucked because I had that view that the world sucked. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, of course. I've but, been there. Yeah, exactly. But I wasn't taking responsibility for that view. I was really stuck. This separate computer. Um, I was really stuck in that point of view. And I was so stuck in that point of view that it was no longer a point of view. It was the truth. Right. Your yeah. truth. No, the truth. Oh, that's the that's truth. how much I was in it. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't <laughs> truth, my truth. No, no, no. It's the truth. And here's all the evidence to support it. Right. Facts. I got facts, buddy. Anyway, so, you know, I, I did the first day of the seminar and then at night you know they give you homework right and i was like oh homework i didn't sign up for homework i hate homework and i resisted right away and the they said you know write a letter to someone that you've been like making wrong resisting defending yourself blah 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 you know you know the world of that type of stuff where i'm right you're wrong and Mm -hmm. not acknowledging them you know, all this like covert stuff that you've been doing behind the scenes, right? Because not, I mean, we all do that, right? Yes. For me, I, I, I raised my hand and I was like, yeah, but what if the person's dead? He said, well, it doesn't say that the person needs to be alive or dead. I said, okay, but like when you write a letter, like you want someone to respond to you, right? That's what you want. I write you a letter, I call you on the phone. I want you to pick up the phone because obviously I have something to communicate to you, correct? Yeah. Right. So forum leader just got real quiet and he said, okay, so if I cut your leg off, would you still be you? I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd still be me with no, with just one leg, right? Okay, got it. If I cut your arm 
and your leg off, would you still be you? So, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd still be me. He goes, got it. So now what if I take away your body? Would you still be you? And I'm like, I think so. I'm not sure exactly. Right? He goes, cool. I, and I think I said to him that you know, I wanted to write a letter to my father. And he goes, okay. I said, sounds weird, but I'm a little weird too. So I paid for this course. And by the way, at the time, like I said, I was homeless and I put the course on layaway. You know what layaway is? Uh, yeah. You just I made like payments. Put it on hold. Yeah. yeah. I, right. put, I put like $50 down right. and I would bus tables and wait tables. And I bought in a little bit of money and I got a receipt. And it took me like four months and it was like right over uh, Thanksgiving of 1988. And I was like, I paid all this money. I busted my ass. I want to get my money's worth. Right. So right. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. Not what I feel like doing. Cause I've been doing what I felt like doing up until that point <laughs> and, you know, not gotten the results that I'm committed to getting. Right. So wrote this letter, you know, I wrote it, wrote it. Wrote. I think I even wrote it the morning before the course started at 9 a.m. I think I got there a little early and I was writing this letter. And I'm writing, 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 writing. And I said, okay, I'm going to write this letter, but I am definitely not going to share this letter to anyone. I'm going to keep it to myself. Maybe I'll read it out loud in an empty room, something, right? So, um, course starts. He says, hey, would anybody like to read their letter? Right away, my arm goes like this. <laughs> my arm shot up. I was like, what the hell? That was almost like involuntary. It was very odd, you know? And definitely way out of character for me. I'm like, wait, that means I got to go to the front of the room at the microphone and talk in front of all these people, most of which were probably 30 and above, 30, 40, 50 years old. I'm an 18-year-old kid, right? Man. So, and I also had a thing going on. Like, I'm Latin. Most of these people are white. <laughs> of course. And add all the extras. Yeah, and there was also like some Hasidic Jews in there. And I'm like, what are they doing here? That was a whole nother conversation I had going on. Anyway, so he goes, well, you know, Al, come to the front of the room. And I'm holding the letter in my hands, like clutching at it, you know, dear life. And um, I come to the front of the room and I'm in front of the microphone. And I'm holding the letter up like this and covering my face. Right. So at least they can't see my face, but they can hear me on the microphone, you know, and in, in the letter, like I told my father for the first time, like how much I loved him. I told him that um, low key, you know, I'd been really making him wrong for not spending enough time with me. Right. And for, you know, not coming to like my track meets and 
my martial arts stuff and all this other stuff. And then I realized that, you know, um, that he wasn't doing that because he was working and he was working so that he could, you know, take care of me and give me an awesome life, an awesome childhood. And that I asked for his forgiveness for ever speaking about him in a way that was negative in any way and making him wrong in any way. And I take full responsibility for, you know, my relationship with him and that I love him and I missed him and I'm sorry the last conversation that we had was an argument the night before he, I'm sorry, the morning before he left for work and never came back again, you know? And that, um, yeah, just like, it was, it was like an acknowledgement. And, you know, the strangest thing happened. Um, it felt like a 5,000 pound weight lifted off my chest, my heart, my shoulders. And I felt light as a feather. And, but, you know, I was sobbing my eyes out. And I, I really do feel like that moment right there was a moment for me where I could start to become a man right um because i i sort of by acknowledging my father i felt like i started to open up you know spiritually mentally emotionally and um it was an incredible feeling but i had the letter like this right right i just shared my and and i definitely didn't want these people to see me cry because i had a whole thing going on around you don't you're a man you don't cry mm -hmm. That kind of stuff and when i went like this and i pulled down the um the paper from my face and i looked at the audience not the audience people that were no, no, you mean. yeah mm -hmm. um and they were crying they were crying too and like it was that moment where i really understood I felt connected to them. They felt connected to me. And I was a kid and I was scared, you know, and I started walking back to my chair. And then on the break, you know, a lot of people came up to me and were like, no, oh, that was, that was so beautiful. Thank you. I was like, you're thanking me. I just did my homework. I'm like, no, we heard what you said. And, you know, I just called my sister. I haven't spoken to in 10 years, you know? or my mother, or like whatever it was. And I was like, really? Like, yeah, thank you. I'm like, oh, thank you. I didn't do anything. You know, I didn't really get what just happened. But what just happened was like a very profound thing, you know. And that was like the first time that I really, you know, had a breakthrough in my life. And I was like, wow, that was amazing, you know. And so I'm out of this, I come out of this course, and I'm sharing this with my friends. And they're all like, you're fucking weird. Mm -hmm, of course. Right? You did what in front of who? And in front of what? And you paid what for it? You joined a fucking cult. Because, you know, 30 years ago, self-help, if you want to call it that, yoga, meditation, organic foods, you know, all, the whole world of that, you're weird. 
Hey, you're not doing what they're doing. You're not doing what everybody else is doing. Right. And then 18, it's like, dude, just like have a beer, like fucking relax. I'm like, no, man. Like I really connected to my father. You're crazy. He's dead. Leave it alone. Stop thinking about it too much. You know? And you know, that, that also like coming back to the world after being in an environment like that, that was, you know, safe where you can express yourself, you know, then, you know, you think the work is that seminar, but the real work is when you go into the world again and you're trying to live from that beautiful place and open and keep an open heart when really all you want to do is protect yourself, you know, and defend mm-hmm. yourself and justify yourself and all that. But if you live that life, then you're living at the level of your ego. You know, when you live the life that you're like open and loving, you know, even when people really, because there are people that will try to hurt you, you know, and learning to deal with that and redirect that energy into like something that's possible and something that's beautiful and something that, you know, is compassionate. That's, that's a different ball of wax altogether. That's that's something that lives outside of just surviving life. Yeah, man. Uh, that was deep. Thank you. Um, just open up your, I, I don't know much about the chakra system, but like you basically open up your heart center. Yeah, uh, that happened. And, and yeah. that whole nother conversation, because I didn't know from chakras and Buddhas and none mm-hmm. of that stuff. You know, because, you know, it wasn't that time. It was another time that I participated in that work, right? And they don't promote that work as something spiritual. There's nothing to believe in. There's nothing either, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, you know, I did a course there and I was like, I'm so open. Like, what is happening here? It's amazing. But it made me feel so vulnerable, you know, that um, I didn't know how to handle it. And so I remember going to like a, a spiritual bookstore and be like, hey, I need some help. She's like, oh, how can I help you? I'm like, hey, can I think of this? They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, I just did this thing and now I feel like mad open, you know? And they're like, oh, wait, like how? And so I started describing like what I was experiencing. I was like, yeah, I can't handle it. Like I want to go home and throw my, you know, blanket over my head and sit in a dark room and be like, like I was bugging, like, and I, and I don't smoke weed. I don't, you know, none of that. Not that I have a judgment against it, but just too much light. <laughs> it was like it was like light was coming off of me. You know, it was it was a very powerful experience. They're like, well, have you done any spiritual work lately? I'm like, no, nah, I just did this course. They're like, course where? I was like, ah, this place landmark. You never oh, you did what? Oh no, we gotta talk. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. you see this book over here? I'm like, yeah. You ever heard of this chakra thing? I'm like, no. Yeah, you just pop one open. And you're too open. So you have to learn to ground yourself. 
right? You have to learn to be responsible for that. And I'm like, I didn't know about that. That wasn't on the brochure. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one teaches you the, 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 yeah. the invisible instructional manual of being a human being, yeah. the body. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like, oh, well, pasta, pasta is Italian. I'm like, no, actually, pasta comes from China. You know, noodles come from China. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's all good. Like, it's all part of, like, you know, I, I, we're here to learn. And, and that's exactly why we're here. <laughs> I was going to yeah. ask you, that was one of my questions. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, why do you think we're here? Uh, you just answered that one. So, well, in a, in a way, you know, yeah, that, you know, like it, it can sound like an oversimplification of something that's extremely profound. Right. But um, so, you know, I've always heard, well, you know, this is just like a classroom, man. And like, we're here to like, learn, dude. And I'm like, okay. So what I thought that meant was I had to be smarter, right? So when I was a kid, I used to read the encyclopedia. And I learned Spanish. And I learned French. And I learned Russian. And I learned about pretty much every religion and I learned martial arts and I learned, learn, 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 learn. And that's awesome and amazing. But I think what I made the mistake of is conflating intelligence with wisdom. Like as if it were the same thing. And it's not. Intelligence lives over here in the world of knowing. And I would make the argument that wisdom lives in the world of you don't know that you don't know. And what do I mean by that? Well, do you speak Chinese? Will, do you speak Chinese? No. So you know that you don't speak Chinese. You speak English. Yes. Got it. So you know that you know that you speak English. Correct. Got it. So what do you know that you don't know? I'm sorry. Where, where, where do you find that you don't know that you don't know? Nowhere. Right. So the name of the show. <laughs> exactly. That's funny. So like that, I, I assert that wisdom lives in that realm. The problem is, how do you access that realm of learning, right? So, you know, there's different modalities, I suppose, to get there. You know, there's breath work, there's martial arts, there's meditation, and there's entheogens. Right, amongst others, I suppose. Right, yeah. probably subtracts. Can also so, unlearn what you have learned. Un no, wait, unlearn what you have learned, Yoda. Yeah. So you know, I I, I decided about a, a little over a week ago to. Uh, it was recommended. I was led to. I should say. I was called to do 
uh, toad venom ceremony um, at a private location under the care of a uh, clinician a psychiatrist who was very well off, you know, Park Avenue type New York City psychiatrist who handed out prescriptions for SSRIs and things like that uh, to people that he felt like that would help. But what he found was that a lot of people just never got better. And then he was just dispensing medications for no reason because they weren't, they weren't getting any better. So he said that he was called to do a ceremony and he went with a friend to Brazil and he did um, an ayahuasca ceremony and he had a very, very profound, profound experience. And he was not only an atheist, he was a New York atheist. Not like a California atheist, like, hey man, it's all like spiritual. No, like a atheist, New York atheist is a fuck you atheist. Fuck you, <laughs> the atheist. Yeah, like John Danaher. John Danaher, I would imagine, John? is a... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and like, I was an atheist too, right? And I would have conversations with um, people that even attended, like, you know, some of the best seminaries in the country and in the world and um, say, well, look, you know, Jesus... There's no evidence of Jesus, very or very little evidence, or you know, like I'm I grew up Jewish, like there's very little evidence of Moses, right? I like I, I knew all the arguments, and the atheists make very very good arguments, but then it it becomes one of those things where it's all about right and wrong, good and bad, you know, all that stuff, right? And then you, you get trapped in that world of who's right and who's wrong, right? And then like, it doesn't, it doesn't make you any happier. It doesn't make you any smarter. It's just like, it has you just like fighting with people. But then- Part of the action. Right, but then you pretend like, no, no, I'm the good one, right? Yeah. No, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that, yeah, no, I know, but yeah, but me, uh, it's different. No, you're you're an asshole, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, and you're you know you're just coming from your ego. And anyway, I was called to do this. So uh, the doctor, uh, he after his ceremony in Brazil, he shared with me that you know the 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 plant showed him. Took him to the Big Bang. He experienced the Big Bang, what he believed to be the Big Bang, and we, it showed him the, how we were formed, how the universe created us, right? Like that's what he's sharing this with me before we do the toad ceremony because he's asking me questions, and I was like, "Wow, that's pretty profound." I was like, "So you left this like lucrative practice?" He goes, "Yeah." I was done with it and I no hesitancy walking away from it and then he became a shaman for the, the toad medicine and now that's what he does with a team of other people and 
it's um, yeah, he, he moved out of New York, sold everything. Screw it. So now I met him, and so I did my ceremony, and it was the most profound thing I've ever done in my life. You know, and I really wholeheartedly believe that right now we're in the midst of a revolution in our country and in the world. And that um, entheogens like ayahuasca, like mushrooms, like weed, like all these substances used responsibly. Uh, used inside of the proper context will, in my opinion, bring about a new sort of peaceful understanding revolution on our planet because it is way overdue. So my experience, you know, it takes a lot out of me emotionally. Normally, like um, a session is about 15 to 18 minutes with the toad. You smoke it, you inhale the vapor, and what it's designed to do is hit you in the part of your brain where your ego resides. Like up until that moment, I didn't even think my ego resided in a part of my brain, but apparently I was wrong. And um, the, the minute it hit me, um, I went flying back and, and I lay down. I was like, what was that? It felt like I got shot in the head and all of a sudden I'm getting shot through time and space and dimensions. And I was probably moving, it felt like the speed of light or something. And um, next thing I know, I'm about my son's age and I'm in North Philly with all my friends and, you know, they're coming up to me, yo, what's up, man? I do it. What's good? What's good? What's up going on, Poppy? Yo, you still wearing those Bobo sneakers? What? Yeah, man, your, your, your shit's corny, man. Yeah, you can only buy that shit because your mom's all welfare shit, motherfucker. You know? Oh, yeah? Well, uh, at least my daddy's not a faggot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, your daddy's a faggot. Everybody knows he's a faggot. He likes to suck dick, motherfucker. You know? <laughs> so yeah. it's all this, like, you know, bravado and macho shit, you know? And all this back and forth shit. And um, then I got real present to that. These are, like, my friends and that I love them. And I don't want to talk bad to them. But I certainly don't want them to talk back to me and punk me. Because, you know, nobody wants to get punk. Am I right, Will? Yeah, of course not. Especially in the hood. Like, yo, nope. no cuz. What's up? I, I'm not trying to be embarrassed today. Nope. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but, you know, so I didn't want to do that. So, you know, I come back at them. They, they come back at me. And I come, really, like, all I want to do is, like, have fun. You know, I want to laugh. And I want to love my friends. And I want, I want nothing for them, but them to have an awesome life. But if you, in the hood, tell your friends, yo, I love you, faggot. What do you think, I'm gonna suck your dick or something? Get out of here with that soft, goo goo gaga shit. Fuck you, man. 
right? Right. Right. So you can't be that way. So you got to be fucking hard and strong and fast and tall and don't take shit from nobody. All that world of that shit. Feel me? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that what the medicine was showing me was like the beginning of like my ego and my identity, you know, along with some other things. Um, now I, that, you know, in hindsight, some other things that happened and it was like showing me that. And so, so that was like a scene. And the next thing I know, then the older people are coming down out of the houses that we lived on. Right. And these people were even less friendly. These people, I understood in my spirit, these were the elders coming down, you know, and they're all like, Oh, mira quien es. Look who it is. You come down to visit us, huh? Mr. Fucking Landmark. Mr. Fucking Education. Mr. Speak Well. You think you're better than us. Mr. Mr. Smarty Pants. Right? Who the fuck do you think you are, motherfucker? You're judging us. You think you can come down here and judge us? You think you're fucking better than us? And it was aggressive energy, you know, yeah. along all the other people. And there was a lot of them. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I grab a shaman and I pull him like, yo, yo, my man, I want out of here. Fuck this shit. Yo, turn this shit off. <laughs> he's like, you know, he's white guy, you know, white guy ponytail, you know, like, he's like, yeah, bro, it's. It's cool, Bubba. You know, like, yo, relax. Just be like, no, you relax. Get me the fuck out of here. And he's like, no, man, just breathe, breathe. I'm like, ah. I'm like okay, okay. So I'm like freaking out, you know, because I felt attacked. And when I, my instinct is to fight when I'm attacked. Right, right. But what I understand now is that, you know, it hit my ego. And my ego would do anything to survive because that's what it's designed to do. Keep mm -hmm. me alive or what it thinks is me alive. Yeah. So um, next thing, I'm an ape. Ape man, ape-ish, like 2000, is it 2001 Space Odyssey type shit? But I'm an ape. I'm like, and I'm looking at myself, I'm going, who the fuck is going, where the fuck? Yo, what the fuck is happening here? So I see another eight man, whatever, right? And I walk up to him and I try to talk to him. And I say, I, I open my mouth and what comes out is, ooh. Talk. Ooh. 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 And he's like, this guy's trying to fucking talk to me, right? So he goes back. And we're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, right? And I'm angry and he's angry and I'm frustrated and he's frustrated. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. Can't communicate. Right? So this was me with no language 
And when you have no language, you don't know anything. You can't, there's nothing, right? Right. Next thing, I'm a different version of an eight man, but this time I have some language. So I come up to the other eight man and I say, who are you? Me? I don't know. Hmm. Hey. Hmm. Who are you? Me? I don't know. Oh. Hey. Hmm. Who? Who we? We? I don't know. Hey. Who? God. God? I don't know. You know? I don't know. Hey. You Puerto Rican? Me? No. You Puerto Rican? Me? No. Hey. Huh. What's Puerto Rican? I don't know. You know? Me? No, I don't know either. Oh. Hmm. I know. What? Hmm. You, me. Hmm. Me, you? Mm. 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 You okay, man? Me too. Mm. And that was over. Just like that. <laughs> then, then, all of a sudden, I see like a Native American with his face painted like black and like full regalia right and he's in front of a giant fire the fire was two stories high it looked like and when i looked at the sky all i saw was like just a beautiful sky just gorgeous you know and forest and i could feel the soil and the dirt between my it was so real between my toes and and i saw other tribes people so i understood that that i, I was that person standing there that native person and that everyone around me looking at me or other native people and they were just like waiting for me to do something like they were like anticipating like i could feel that you know and all of a sudden i i remember like sort of like doing this with my arms like an m like this and then i raised my hands to the sky 
and I started chanting like some sound that I have never made in my life. It's something like. And I started dancing and spinning. And they started doing the same thing. And we all started dancing around this fire and communing with Mother Earth. And I was told that we were calling down the Great Spirit for communion between heaven and earth. And that this is the way that our people healed each other. Because, you know, our ancestors had a lot of bullshit too. Same bullshit that we would deal with, they dealt with too. And it was so fucking beautiful and amazing. And this is the way that we put our differences aside and that we commune and felt like one people, you know? And just was like, wow, like, what the fuck is happening here, you know? And I cried. It was just so beautiful. And then that's over. And then I see, like, a monastery on a mountain. It looks like Tibet, China. I don't know. Maybe India. Who knows? And I see this monk sitting at the front of a room that all I could see was rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of other monks in a seated position as well. And I understood in my spirit that that was me at the front. And everyone was quiet. The only thing you could hear was like the birds, but it was so peaceful and so still and it was so quiet you could hear a mouse piss on cotton I mean so quiet then all of a sudden I open my mouth and out comes I've never done that shit before in my life. And then the other monks chimed in as well. And then I could feel the building start to vibrate. And that sound shot from the monastery out to the universe. And I was told in my spirit, this is the sound of the universe. And then I saw the sound become the universe. And then when I saw the universe, I started to experience unconditional love. Inside of the unconditional love was forgiveness, acceptance, 
intelligence, knowledge, forgiveness, all that. And by experiencing that, I fell into that and became one with that. And in becoming one with that, I could do nothing other than surrender, completely surrender. And at that moment, my body started to tremble, almost like a vibrator, like I've never shook so much in my life. And I could feel what seemed to feel like energy shooting down off of my body, away from my body, like this, like waves, 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 whoa, through my whoa, feet. Whoa. Yes. And what I understood in my spirit is that that was pain and suffering and murder and all the stuff I experienced all my lifetimes leaving my body. Is it true? I'm not saying it's true. It's what I'm being told. It goes away from me. And then I start to make a sound that came out of me that I've never made before in my life. And it was like a blood curdling yell. And that was also like releasing pain that I had trapped inside of me, my subconscious, in my spirit, in my soul, like the suffering of genocide, the suffering of murder, of rape, of torture, of killing, of all those things that had been done to me. And also, what I got present to is that I'm guilty of all those things as well, that I've murdered that I've genocided, that I've done all those terrible, awful, inhumane things through many lifetimes. And that was the pain that I was releasing. And then I was shown that that was the pain of humanity that I was experiencing. And I let it go. And then my session was over. I was like, okay, are you okay? And I said, what the fuckity fuck, 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 what the fuck, fuck, fuck was that? Holy shit. Holy shit. Like, yeah, man, relax. What? Yeah, relax. <laughs> that was in there like an hour, right? Yeah. Easy to say, right? And so, yeah, like, wow. It was just like such a wow. And, you know, I, I lost. What happened in that room, I, I felt like I died. I, I think, you know, Felt like I died. Felt like I had like an ego death, and a and a like a some kind of resurrection, something, something 
like not to sound weird, but I no, it was like the the Christ being reborn. And you know, even for like the last week, I felt very sensitive, very delicate, very happy. I'm so happy, (laughs) you know. Yeah, so happy, and I feel, you know, there there was those parts of me that I, you know, tough guy. I had to defend. I had you know all that stuff and. I mean, I still can if I had to, but I don't really feel like I want to. Like, I really want to allow myself to experience the generosity of people and help and love where I need it. And um, I also want to, you know, be there for for people in ways that my ego kept me from, you know, being there, whether it's in business whether it's in, you know, like on the mat, like, you know, you and I train, you know, um, I want to be, I want to be more generous. I want to be more loving. Um, I want to try to be a better father. I want to try to be a better friend to my friends or business owner. It's just really move my socks off. And I'm no longer an atheist. I really I, I no longer believe that death is the end. You know, I think I really feel like you know, this gave me such a gift of pulling back the curtain, and you know, God's got a sense of humor. I figured that one out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I, you know, like all the simulation theory and. How, how much time do I have? <laughs> yeah, a couple of minutes. Yeah. So, you know, in a nutshell, that's like how my life has been showing up without going into more detail. Like, I, I'm super grateful. And, um, yeah, that's it. That's good, man. Uh, we're just going to leave it at that because uh, that was extremely in-depth. And uh, I can't. I can't go anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like when you go that far, it's cool. <laughs> that that was good. The, the way you told the story, the way you explained it, you, you brought me in there, and I was like, oh, because uh, I had I had a a less intense experience with uh, psilocybin, and uh, you know, I died too. You know, I died. Uh, well, there'd be no Christianity without. You know the the mushroom. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's a yep. I've been learning about that as a book on that. But uh, Jesus and the scenes and everything. Yep. Yeah. All, all these stories, that. humanity, uh, its story itself. You know, like you like my session was in its own way, like telling our story from ape man to man with no language to men with limited language to you know our native our ancestors and how we don't honor them and how we think that we don't we don't need the old ways i'll just teach jujitsu and teach people how to arm lock but not how to become an, a better human being and that it's about tribe and how we need each other and we pretend we don't need each other and we love each other and we pretend we don't love each other and how you know the world is very sick right now and you know we're, we're doing all this judging of each other instead of loving each other 
and that cannot continue and it will not continue and I will not be a part of that and I I assert that neither will you will I'm in the center of everything man I'm I'm center of my being and, uh, awesome I'm in the uh, if you look behind me uh, that's the, the you know the whole the eye or whatever the pupil <laughs> and that I'm just just watching just being aware you know just experiencing the experience you know and learning to get out of my way you are the awareness huh you are the awareness yeah yeah learning to yes that's just being that and, and uh happy. listen i'm happy that like i got to do this now at my age because I'm, i've been dealing with like friends that are getting sick and you know not being as close to my friends as i once was and you know, feeling like I miss my tribes, I miss my friends, and like couldn't get out of my own way to express to them, you know, how much they mean to me because I was protecting myself. Yeah, man. Uh, same here. <laughs> I have my own uh, issues of being human and protecting myself, protecting this Not body. You, you're the awareness. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm being even with that. You know what I mean? being with that human side of being yeah. deflective protection you know just being comfortable in that like understanding it like not you trying remember, huh? you remember that um that drill that we were doing where i was teaching you to kick yeah i was walking towards you and no yeah. matter how hard you kicked me i accepted your energy and i right. just kicked forward right right terminator yeah i was doing I was doing the loving terminator and I was, I said, take me here. And I was doing this, but this here, right. You know what that was? No, explain. How did it occur for you? What is it? What? I was coming towards you like this, right? So this, Intimidating. Can, look, this can look scary, right? Yeah. Like I'm a bear. Oh, right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. But you know what I was actually doing? Well, I was coming towards you to hug you. Oh, and I kept yeah. kicking you away. But how, but how it was over there in your world, you were like, oh, shit, I got to hit him. And I'm like, no, I just want to hug you. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kept teeping away, trying to, like, protect you were, like, myself. hard, and you were like, oh, yeah. Right. And, 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 oh, he's judging my kicks. Oh, my God, I'm doing this wrong again. Oh, I'm not doing it right. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're just trying to hug me. <laughs> you're playing you. with me, man. <laughs> Making me a fool. That's funny. That was silly. That was good, man. Uh, listen, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you coming on here. I haven't done this in a while. And uh, I almost, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I almost gave this up, uh, this podcasting thing, because I was like, all right, I've tried connecting with other human beings. I'm just going to connect with myself and just be there as much as I can and learn from that. Um, but you brought me here. Oh. You brought me here uh, to doing this again. So I appreciate you, brother. And I appreciate you saying your story. Yeah. And uh, just in general, I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. So, uh, yeah. Um, anything you want to share while we wrap this up? Anything Wait, at all? More? No, no. Any, like, <laughs> <laughs> any last words before we end this episode? Um, no, I'm, I'm just really... Um, grateful for the opportunity to be able to 
share my story. And um, it's also, I don't want anybody to get the impression that I'm trying to convince anybody of anything or sell you anything or persuade you or no, 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 none of that stuff. I'm simply sharing my experience. I'm simply sharing different things that I've done throughout my life that have worked. And just like anything that works, you know, if you don't continue to practice the things that work, um, eventually they will go away. Just like when you lift weights at the gym, if you don't lift again for like two years, you're not going to have the same musculature as you did when you weren't going all the time. So, you know, everything is a practice and practice makes perfect. And the other side of that conversation is no such thing as perfect exists. So it's about just doing the best that you can in life and living as best as you can and, you know, trying to be as loving to yourself and to others as possible. And you're going to fail along the way because I failed plenty of times. And it's something that I was really hard on myself about. And I've had to clean up a lot of messes, you know, and just, you know, yeah. recommit and just keep going. That's yep. it. Don't be don't be afraid of failure. That includes myself. <laughs> cool, man. Thank Good you. Good stuff. I appreciate you, Al. God bless you. Man. Appreciate everyone listening. Till next time. Thank you.